Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Mike Apatra, joined by my good buddy, Harris Kaman. You know what that means. It's a wonderful Thursday. It is December 15th. We got some NBA action. Actually, the 16th. I'm sorry. Uh, as we record this the night before, it is December 16th. We've got some wonderful NBA action. Four games on the docket. Harris, how are you, my friend? But more or less, uh, we just had a battle prior to the show starting. One that we could do a show on, I think, in its own entirety. Uh, NBA tiers, top players of all time, uh, this, this, and that. And, yeah, I think I think we might have to do a show on that. Just uh, maybe the off season or something like that, but... It's always fun when you get to just battle other people on who you think the top players are. But how are you, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, one of those things where no other topic finds its way. It's always a go-to to be able to figure everything else out. So always a good time. Always fun. Speaking of battles, uh, I know we're recording this before. Your Mavs are in overtime now, so this is going to be really interesting. So for sure, it's just one of those. What do you think? They just beat those good teams that just happen to uh, crap the bed against everyone else. No, they just they just run the clock longer to break my heart more is what genuinely happens. But uh, listen, if they could pull out this win, this is they need to. I mean, they need to get back on the rails for when Luca does return. It looks like he was you know shooting around and shoot around. His ankle wasn't taped up. Uh, he was moving pretty pretty gingerly. Uh, didn't look like he was too hurt. Uh, I guess gingerly was the wrong word there. He wasn't gingerly. Uh, but nonetheless, they need to they need to pull out this win. They just need to start getting some bigger wins on the board, especially. If they have any hope, I mean, I, I have zero expectations of them this season as far as winning a title. I know that's not happening. But anytime we get some playoff games out of them, uh, it's it's going to be more fun. I mean, they need to do something with this continuity. Uh, they need to do something with this chemistry of this team. I know that whole, I don't know if you read that report. Uh, I think that it was published by ESPN's uh, Tim McMahon. Uh, about the whole backstory on behind like Dennis Smith Jr. and Carlisle leaving and all that. And not surprised one bit if you did read that report. Um, when I moved down to Dallas, one of the first things I did, I'm a big basketball card junkie. So I went to this local card shop, made some good friends there. One of them is actually a beat writer for Dallas. Uh, and we were talking prior to the season, this, this, and that. And he kind of scripted this out to me. He told me that this has kind of been happening since last season. Uh, Luca could not stand Carlisle. Uh, and neither could Borzingis. And basically, if those two were going to stay together, Someone had to go, and it was Rick Carlisle. So, not shocked, man, not shocked. But, yeah, dragging this on, a big win would be nice, but I'm not getting my hopes up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, in the end, always the coach is the first one to go. But what isn't the first one to go is a Chicago Bulls team to actually come and visit Toronto. So, what would have been a five-game slate turns into a four, and I get to, I don't know, save money, have it moved over. Apparently, this could go all the way until February before we get Chicago actually coming here to visit. So who knows when it'll be rescheduled to. But that's that's just what it is, man. COVID protocols are just kicking the NBA's butt right now. And by then, who knows if there's a full Bulls team that visits you? Because I think it's what, starting January 1st, that in Toronto, they're not allowing any unvaccinated players to even travel to the stadium, Is if, if I'm not Am I correct? Am I wrong? Yeah, uh, January 15th it was that, 15th. yeah, like, yeah, no unvaccinated can even play. And already, as far as the arena is concerned, they have now announced it here in Ontario that it's going to be 50% capacity, probably gets even less. But I don't know what's going to happen for the Warriors game for us on the weekend. But, yeah, at the very least, we're looking at 50% capacity as far as the, uh, the crowd's concerned. So that just takes away a good bit of that hype for everything that's happening in the season. And I don't know what happens with my seats. 
Yeah, hopefully you get to keep them. They should give them the season. The season ticket people are probably the first ones that they're going to like keep them. Uh, you guys had already paid for those. But nonetheless, we got to talk some DFS here. We're going off the rails. I think it's been 30 minutes of us talking about everything but DFS even before we got on air. Uh, but before we jump into anything, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research. Focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the under and the over based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of that prize pool. Thrive has over 50,000 guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA alone and has awarded over $6 million thus far. So head over there, use the promo code ethos when you sign up today and you receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. That is www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop today, and use that promo code ethos. That's E-T-H-O-S. All right, my friend, four games, but this is just kind of like that three-game slate that we just had. I'm looking at it very, very similarly, and it's going to be a fun three, a fun little four-game slate. I don't think this is like a normal boring one that, uh, that we don't want to have good exposure to. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to this one. So we'll start off with the first game, Detroit Pistons. Traveling to Indiana, taking on the Pacers. Pacers on the second half of the back-to-back. Hamnan Dualu is available. Jeremy Grant ruled out. Killian Hayes is available. Corey Joseph is available. Still no Ken- Kelly Olenek. No injury report as the time that we're recording this for the Pacers with that second half of the back-to-back. So going to have to keep an eye out for that one. But this game does have a 210 game total. The Pacers being favored by 10.5 points. I will pass it on to you. Looking at this Detroit team, no Jeremy Grant. Who are we looking at? Yeah, without Jeremy Grant, as we've spoken about a number of times, the usage just kind of moves around. And really, we've seen the salaries of everyone rise as a result of it. I mean, Cade just continues to show and make up for lost time as far as his uh, Rookie of the Year campaign is concerned. Dropped an absolute monster game in that Brooklyn one coming into it. And really, at 8600 even though his price tag is now into it the highest it's been, it was 7500 on the last one, absolute smash at that point. But over here, given the fact that you know it is a smaller slate and... In terms of payup options, yeah, there's a couple of studs that we'll definitely be looking at. But really, it's going to be, in my mind, a lot of these mid-tier options that are going to go ahead and uh, really turn around that lineup for you. So Cade's pretty well into my uh, player pool for this game, especially for that beloved shooting guard eligibility. Then it just comes down to uh, the uh, the ancillary pieces. I do believe that uh, Diallo should start getting more minutes on this team, but it's just one of those things with Killian Hayes back, you're probably going to find them going back to him starting. And that just kind of muddies up the waters because that takes away any interest I would have had in Saban Lee otherwise, who had a great game against Brooklyn, but obviously loses his momentum going into it. And then, I mean, both Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, these guys are at most fairly priced, but really not people of interest to me, considering the fact that we have a number of mid-tier options that I'm actually more interested in in the next game that's coming up, actually. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said. The one thing I want to keep an eye on is whether or not they try to match Indiana's size. Uh, they With starting Diallo that line, I don't think they'll be able to get away with that. I think we, there's a decent chance we could see someone like Trey Lyles start alongside of Stewart, um, or they could just try to take advantage of it and run the floor. Either way, I think Cade is a solid play. I don't love that price tag. Spread has me a little concerned paying 8600 It's not like he's a guy that 
would really be like pulled off the court or limited anyway. I think we'd be looking at at least 30 minutes from Cade regardless, but we really need a little bit more than 30 minutes for 8,600. We need that like 34, 35 minutes. Uh, but the usage, the shot attempts, everything will be there. He tends to distribute the ball a little bit less with Killian Hayes in the lineup. So we might be looking at more of that, you know, four to three assists kind of game for him with just a ton of shot attempts. Either way, I'm keeping him in my player pool. The other guy I do have interest in is someone that played absolutely terrible in that last one, and that's Sadiq Bey. Simply because with usage being spread around, he's a dude who's not shy to shoot. Um, this could be one of those matchups, or I anticipate it being one of those matchups, and not even just this one, over the next course of weeks with Jeremy Grant out, where he just lets it rip. And he's very up and down with a stroke. You know, Coming off of a season where he set the Pistons record for most three-pointers made by a rookie, um, he could easily get 14, 15 shot attempts. He's the guy that we've seen get close to double-digit rebounds. And when he puts it all together at 4,900, he could make or uh, break this slate in a good way and a bad way. So I'm definitely going to have some exposure to him. There's plenty of other you know, value options that we could look at at that range, especially in that next game, like you said. But nonetheless, he's probably going to be one of my favorite Pistons plays. So I do have interest in Sadiq. I do think Cade's in play. And then I really want to just monitor it. Luckily, it's the first game of the, uh, game of the night. So we should know whether it's you know Josh Jackson, whether it's Trey Lyles. If they want to use somebody with a little bit more size outside of Diallo in that starting lineup. Uh, nonetheless, I don't think that Diallo is anything more than a GPP play. Just because with all these body back bodies back, if if they, you know, he could start and start playing like a five-minute stint or a four-minute stint. They pull him off the court, put size out there. I just don't trust those minutes uh, fully. On the Pacers side of the ball, on the back-to-back, definitely a lot to like here. It's just the matchup that you're concerned with. You know, Demonis Sabonis got a price increase of $1,000 overnight, which is not something that we usually love. It's a fantastic matchup for him, though. Listen, if this game stays close, he could easily get you 50, but we need more than 50 at 10-5. So I don't think I'm necessarily playing Sabonis. I think Brogdon's priced appropriately. I don't love any of these prices, actually, at all. The one guy that, as much as it pains me to say, because he's been just burning me left and right, might be Duarte. Because even if this game gets out of hand, they're still going to continue to play Duarte. Uh, and then I wouldn't mind even if you're playing in your GPPs and you want to take a stab at a guy like Keelan Martin, if you do have this scripted to blow out, maybe you're only playing one you know, one guy over there on the Pistons or no one on the Pistons. I think Keelan Martin could be a halfway decent bottom-of-the-bear value play. Yeah, I think you've uh, hit most of the guys. Uh, I am also a little bit interested still in O'Shea Brissett, just at that price tag. And he finds himself in a lot of these different lineups just to get uh, him out there because he can play between the three, four, and even sometimes a little bit of the small ball five. And on a back-to-back and on a game, as you said, that has a large spread. As a GPP pivot, he's an interesting guy to me to take. And I just find it funny that you brought up Sadiq Bay after like all these weeks of like, let it go. And I'm like, I will let it go this time. But <laughs> it came back. It came back. And watch this game. He's going to go off. So I like it. I'll add him back in my player pool just for that as well. Yeah. I mean, the shot attempts, it's simply from a usage standpoint. Uh, I don't like him. I don't get him right 90% of the time. But I'm hoping that this is the time I do. He's very Harrison Barnes-like to me where I just struggle. And I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, you didn't mention Miles Turner. So, I mean, this is, we're both, we're both turning over a new leaf here tonight, Harris. It's, it's something that has to be done. New Year's coming. It's right around the corner. New year, new us. Uh, we're recommending players and avoiding players that we normally recommend. No, it's all in fun, but uh, we'll keep it moving. It's off a uh, five block night right now against Milwaukee. So I'm sure it'll bite me in the butt, but there's just better yeah. <laughs> uh, No, I got you. Uh, he's absolutely killing it. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers traveling to what's left of Brooklyn, uh, taking on the Nets here. 
Uh, looking at this injury report for the Nats, buckle up. If you guys played on it last slate, you already know what it looks like. LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre Bembry, Bruce Brown, Javon Carter, James Harden, Joe Harris, uh, James Johnson, and as we know, Kyrie Irving, Paul Millsap, all of them ruled out. So we're going to be getting a lot of the G League involved with this one. And the 76ers had a second half of a back-to-back. So no injury report just yet for them. Going to have to keep an eye on it with it being a back-to-back, as we all know. Joel Embiid. He was questionable coming into this one. He missed the game prior. Wouldn't shock me if he sits in this one, but, uh, you know, we got to keep an eye on it. Can't just go and plant the flag there just yet, but I'll pass it over to you. What are you looking at on the Sixers? Yeah, and exactly what you said about Joel Embiid is my same concern as well. And the good thing is with the 730 start, we'll likely at least get you know, an inkling of what could potentially be the case with uh, it being pretty close to the lock of slate. So hopefully at that point, you know, if that happens, obviously, uh, people like Drummond and all these come into play, but I just don't really like any of the price tags, to be honest. I mean, even Drummond, he's gone up to 7,000 on the slate, which is crazy from 4,900 all the way up. We talked about a thousand for Sabonis. You got 2,100 over here. And just in general, like, I just feel like there isn't enough usage for one person outside of uh, Embiid, really, that I can trust on this uh, current rotation of the, of the uh, 76ers. But at 11-4 on a back-to-back where, you know, even if he doesn't sit, he's not really my favorite uh, stud to go ahead and pay up for. I mean, there aren't all that many, but, you know, spoiler alert on the other side is probably the one that I'd rather pay up the money for if I'm going to do that. So uh, the Philly side of it, I expect them to at least somewhat be able to keep it close just because Brooklyn has nobody. But uh, from a pricing perspective, there's not anyone I'm really jumping at You know, if you have someone. But really, uh, I think I may actually avoid this, uh, taking any of the Sixers this time around. I'm going to call somebody and have them check your temperature. He didn't say Matisse Thybul. He didn't say Miles <laughs> Turner. Man, something's something's going on with you right it's, now. It's, it's a it's a different day. You know, it's Christmas time. Uh, I'm gonna have a couple of uh, weeks off from main work. It's just a nice time to try something new. You know. And there comes the heartbreak. I knew it was right around the corner. Austin Reeves game winning three. People, yeah, you know, I'm not allowed to have nice things out here. It's just not allowed. Um, it'll never happen. But I do I do have interest in dropping different beat sets. I like that price tag actually because that's just high enough to scare people off, but not high enough to scare me off. Uh, if he starts against his Brooklyn team, plays you know 30 minutes, which he only played 21 in the last game, just simply because it was a blowout. They lost to Memphis by more than 30 points. There was no reason to play. I expect them to keep this game close, even if Embiid doesn't play. And at 7K, he easily has that 50-point upside, 45-point upside. And at 7K, that's he's well worth it. So I kind of hope Embiid sits. I hope Drummond gets that. Well, he would draw the start no matter what if Embiid sits. But I hope people shy away from that price tag simply because he's still worth it. That's not high enough if there's no Embiid. He's a guy that should be 84, 8,500 if there's no Embiid on most nights. So I, I will be interested in him, and he's probably the only guy that I will look at. On the Brooklyn side of the ball, yeah, I'm with you on that spoiler. Kevin Durant, you're playing him. Uh, he could be 13K. It's okay. You're still playing him just because there's nobody else worth spending up on on this slate. Anyway, we got plenty of value, so why the hell not? Um, I'm playing him at 12-3, no doubt about it. And then it's just, I think it's one of the, like, I'm going to take the same approach as last time despite these price increases. I'm going to have probably th- at least three nets, possibly four, and just probably all my lineups. Um, Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin. Uh, David Duke Jr., who I knew nothing about prior to that game, but he showed me enough. Uh, the dude's just flying around the court, literally 90 miles an hour, getting steals, getting blocks, getting rebounds. He was so active at 4,200. You know, he even took 13 shot attempts. He only knocked down four of them. Uh, but the fact that he's willing to shoot that much, the fact that he's willing to just fly around and kind of you know chip in everywhere, 
at 4,200, he's going to be chalky. So if you're playing tournaments and you want to fade him based on that, I get the merits. It's absolutely there. Uh, but I'll be playing some of him. I'll be playing some Nick Claxton. I mean, there's five, possibly six guys that you could look at. I mean, Kessler, Edwards, I mean, you could play him as well. Like, you could play so many guys on this team, mix and match, pick your poison. You know, three to four of these guys are going to be in pretty much every one of my lineups. Yeah, as you said, there's pretty much value all across the board as far as Brooklyn's concerned. I mean, they broke my heart in that overtime game. But, yeah, a lot of these guys just came through and had incredible game. Just coming through, full energy, nothing else but hustle. Uh, Kessler Edwards actually was probably my favorite of all these value guys. One, apart from the fact that he played 44 minutes in that last game, I just liked how much more he was involved from an offensive perspective, especially shooting from outside. Got six three-point attempts over there, while you know Duke looked like he was more of a you know, attack the rim type. Yes, he got a shot attempts up, but uh, from a purely offensive standpoint, you could see that uh, Edwards is going to be a little bit more involved as far as that's concerned. And then Cam Thomas, who was, you know, everyone's kind of favorite as far as that last matchup was concerned, was thinking that he was going to get his minutes up, only got to play 22 in that last one. You know, if the legs are a little bit tired coming off an overtime game, you may see him get a little bit more of an opportunity as well. So, yeah, my player pool, I've got like seven guys from Brooklyn that I was like, I could potentially mix and match to be able to go over here. And I don't think you can go wrong with a lot of them. There's just so much 5X value. It's going to be about which of these 4,000 guys ends up giving you seven, 8X on the night. And that's what's going to change everything up. And that's it's that simple. I mean, and I'm going to go back to the well with a lot of these guys and everybody will. So it's really going to be which guys you pick. And there's really no right or wrong answer to that. You know what I mean? It's it, If you think the game's going to go exactly how it did in the last one, it probably won't. You know, I, I maybe Duke and, you know, Edwards, they they don't have as great of games. Maybe they only put up 28 or 30 DK points. That's still fine. They're still great price tags. You could still go with those guys. Uh, Durant might not triple-double again, although I, I think he's got a pretty good shot at it. Uh, he had the ball in his hands pretty much for the last, it felt like, 24 minutes of the game. But there's so there's so many options that you could go with. Uh, we'll keep it moving, though. There's still two games left uh, at this midway point. Quick shout out to Manscaped, guys. Head over to Manscaped.com. Check them out. Check out that perfect package 4.0 kit for the holidays. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20. You get everything from the lawnmower 4.0 to the body wash, the boxer briefs, the travel kit, the toners, the conditioners. You get a little bit of everything for a nice fair price, and you get 20% off plus free shipping if you use that promo code HOOPBALL20. New York Knicks traveling to Houston taking on the Rockets. The Rockets on the second half of the back-to-back as well, so no injury report before the Knicks. R.J. Barrett remains out. Quentin Grimes is out. Obi Toppin is out. So very similar bodies that we saw against Golden State. Two 16-game total, four-and-a-half point spread, being favored towards the Knickerbockers. I'll pass it over to you. Talk about these Knicks for me. Yeah, and there's one thing you know about Tom Thibodeau is that you know what his rotations are going to be. And the price tags are starting to essentially reflect that. I mean, you got Julius Randle all the way up to 10000 now. Uh, of the you know, all the expensive guys, obviously Kevin Durant is there. I think there is enough value where I may potentially find myself having a little bit of Randle just because I expect him in these kind of matchups, especially against like scrub teams, he just loves to absolutely stat pad. This is one of those things where he'll go attack early in the first half and end up with like 30 DK points right there and then be able to get the rest of it going. So it's just one of those things where 
in uh, in these kind of matchups. I've seen him do it way too often to not have him in my player pool. Beyond that, Derrick Rose is probably the most trustworthy of all of the guards just because he's definitely getting a lot more of the uh, the ball handling capabilities to be able to get those dimes. In the last uh, two games, he's got six, seven, as far as that's concerned, while that's actually taking away some of the assist production that Alec Burks was offering, and as well as some of the usage, even though you know he's getting enough shot attempts. Alec Burks shot 10 threes in the last game and only hit two of them. If he can hit you know three, four of those, then all of a sudden you're pretty happy. But again, he's got a pretty decent price increase as well. It's up to 7,100 now from the 63 they had, and it's just kind of a theme that we're seeing across the board as far as uh, DraftKings is concerned. So uh, if I'm looking at that, Randall and Rose are the main guys. And then, you know, one of these days, Fournier is going to eventually turn it around and I mean, he's got the minutes he needs to get more shot attempts in, but I don't know why his price is up to 4,900, but I'm staying away from this game until he can actually show me that he knows how to sh- hit a shot. Yeah. Or play defense or play basketball or <laughs> do anything. Uh, he looks absolutely terrible. I'm with you though. Randall is probably the only other guy on this slate that's, over 8k that i'd want to spend up on outside of Durant, uh but i think you know having a nice foundation if it beads out of like a randall drummond durant throw in five other brooklyn guys and you're, you're probably good to go uh you know what i mean just get that value and you could probably even fit all three of those guys in there pretty comfortably so i'd, I'd have interest in randall and I pr- i'm not going to say like i don't have interest in rose at 6300 though I don't see myself playing him as much. There's just, again, it's that weird tier where if you are if you are spending up on two guys, it's going to be hard to really afford, you know, a, a 6K guy, especially if we see that, well, for me, because I, I definitely want to play Drummond if there's no Embiid. If, if Drum, I mean, yeah, if Embiid plays, then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit of a different story and a different tune. But the last game, we're going to get to it. It's not as enticing as this one in that Brooklyn-Philly game. So, Really getting most of my ownership in these two middle games and then maybe throwing off, throwing in a one-off here and there is probably the route I'm going to take. Uh, but I'm not looking at the centers. I'm not really looking at quickly. There's no usage there for them. Uh, the minutes have been you know, trailing down over the past few weeks or a week, I could say, a few games. So it's really going to be just Randall for me. Um, and I wouldn't mind Rose if you want to go that way as well. On the Houston side of the ball, this is where things get sexy. Uh, Alfarin Sangoon, my man, uh, came out, did what everybody expected him to do, and just beasted. And yeah, he's in play, 5,500, no doubt about it. The thing I love about him is he has that coveted, as you would say, uh, power forward eligibility for a center. And when it's just kind of like having that shooting guard eligibility for a point guard, it's allowing us to get another center in there, but not having to use both of our spots. You can play three, four centers on this slate with the eligibilities, the way that they stand. So, I definitely have some interest in Sangoon. Uh, we have to keep an eye out for Eric Gordon. He sat out uh, Wednesday's game due to a groin, uh, groin injury. Decent chance he sits. Christian Wood, they announced, would probably miss about two games. Jalen Green remains out. Uh, we also know that Kevin Porter Jr. is out. So Sangoon, um, I think Tate, both those guys are probably going to be my two top options. And then I love K.J. Martin as well. 4,100. He saw, I believe it was like 27, 28 minutes. Uh, played great. Absolutely in play for me as well. I'll have shares of those three guys, and I'll be mixing and matching all over the place. I'm staying away from that point guard roulette between Brooks and DJ Augustine. I'm all set with that in general, especially with Brooks at 5,400. And then Augustine, he's a bum. Uh, I think he's statistically one of the worst players in the NBA right now, defensively, offensively, you name it. I get he had that one game where he shot 7 of 9. I'm not chasing that. I refuse to. So I'm going to leave it with those three guys. Yep, I honestly don't think there's much I can add to that. Uh, you know, there's always the uh, 
the Garrison Matthews side of things where, again, he's just playing that many minutes and getting, you know, apart from that last Atlanta game, he's shooting eight, 11, 11 three-point attempts in each of those games. So you just need a couple of those to get hot to be able to pay off that 4,600 as well. And again, from a small forward perspective, uh, you know, Sengun having that power forward helps the fact that I'll probably be able to play Durant into that small forward spot. But, you know, if nothing else uh, works out as far as that's concerned, I do potentially find myself being at least half interested in Garrison Matthews. But beyond that, Sengun is the play for me as far as Houston's concerned. Yeah, and I, I mean, one more thing I could add is Tice isn't out of play either. You know, he's definitely a, like a pivot. He's a great pivot, I think, on this slate. As much as I want to see Sangoon play 40-plus minutes, I don't think that's the reality of the situation. Uh, they got absolutely torched tonight, and that pulled Tice off the floor pretty quickly and gave Sangoon some extra run. But this game should stay a little bit closer. And if that's the case, knowing that they, they do play pretty big, it's a way better matchup for him in this one as opposed to tonight. I do think he's still in play, and he's a guy who is boned minimum 3K and also has power forward eligibility. So... I'm not going to completely rule him out, although I still think Sangoon is a god, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have shares of both of those. It's just the realistic thing to do when you build multiple lineups is to always have the pivots, uh, and obviously less chalky value plays. Uh, Washington Wizards traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns, and what will be the unsexiest game of the night, in my opinion, at least for DFS purposes. Devin Booker's out. Uh, Frank Kaminsky still out. Dario Saric, Abdul Nader, both of them rolled out. Jalen Smith is questionable. Wizards on. Uh, actually, I, I don't think no, they didn't play tonight, did they? Uh, they do not have. They an do. Injury yeah, report. they are on a back to back. Yeah, so they're on the back to back as well. I appreciate that. It wasn't hundred percent certain, so I did not. I never play anybody from the Wizards anyway, so uh, I guess I'll just start with the Wizards. I'm not playing anybody. Um, we'll go with that right off the rip. Uh, anybody you like over there? Uh, honestly, the only person I have even slight interest in and I'm looking at his minutes total today is Davis Bertans at 3,400. I mean, apart from the fact that he just he needs to play on this team for them to have at least some sort of shooting capability, because as you said, Bradley Beal has been so disengaged and the rest of these guys just can't hit anything if it's not KCP being hot. So I just feel like by default, they're going to have to start playing in more minutes at this point, has had 22 and 31 in the last two games and at 3,400. Uh, he's definitely in play for me. But yeah, outside of that, uh, maybe you know Kuzma's in, uh, of half interest to me, but that 6,100, again, it's going to be on what kind of minutes and uh, usage he gets in uh, this game against Sacramento to maybe have him in my player pool, but by and large, it's Bertans and, or nothing. All right, we'll travel over to the Suns, and I'll make this pretty easy for you as well. I'm probably not playing anybody on the Suns either. I think you know there's a couple of those, that, that range that we always talk about, that 47 to 52 range, where if you want to take a stab at like Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, campaign, I don't mind it whatsoever. Uh, it's those are the plays where if I land on them and I have that much left, I don't mind it. You know, I'll, I'll maybe try to save money and look somewhere else, see who I can upgrade, that sort of thing. But these aren't. There's no one on this team that's like a foundational play for me. Just don't like their price tags. I don't like Chris Paul at 97. I don't like eight and at 88. I'm just not going to go there with these other options that we've already talked about. Like for Chris Paul, I'd much rather just play Randall for 300 dollars more. Uh, but different positions, I get it. But you can always make it work with the eligibility on DraftKings, I'm sure. So that's just my standpoint. I really just dislike this game in in general uh, and just don't see myself going there at all. Um, it has a 216.5 game total. So it's not like it's the, the lowest game total on the slate. It's a nine-point spread being to your favorite towards Phoenix. It's just no real good price tags. And then the guys that do have fair price tags just don't have that high of upside. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right on that. And 
Yeah, as you said, the Chris Paul thing at 9,700. Honestly, I'd rather pay the 1,100 less and play Cade instead, to be completely honest, and save that and put towards, uh, you know, maybe getting Rose instead of one of the, uh, you know, Blake Griffin or any of those uh, mid-tier guys as far as Brooklyn's concerned. Maybe that's an option or get Tate in there. But in general, the price tags are just not that interesting to me. And even my beloved 4K roulette has pretty much all been pushed up into that 5K range, except for a Jay Crowder or a JaVale McGee. And both those guys are less of interest to me than you know, other of the 4,000 options. I mean, you have Cam Thomas, you have Blake Griffin for uh, for 300 more to get over Jay Crowder. And you know, we already talked about a ton of value plays. So yeah, I think it makes it easier from a, a slate perspective altogether to really be able to laser focus on two matchups and have the odd guy here and there. But, you know, maybe other people are going to be doing that, too. So that's where the multiple lineups come in and have a couple of pivots to give yourself just a little bit more diversity with all of it. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And listen, just a little tidbit, because you always hear us talk about multiple lineups. Uh, I don't recommend just firing out two lineups into the $15 entry, you know, where you can win a hundred thousand dollars. That's, that's not what uh, I, I mean, me personally mean, uh, it could be in doing a three entry max. It could be, you know, you really want to take advantage what's best suited for you, you know? So I don't max out and I'm just being an honest man here. And I think that's one of the best things. And one of the most important things when you do shows like this and you talk DFS is being transparent and honest. I'm not a dude that maxes out 150 entry contests. I don't do that. I don't use optimizers to build my lineups. I hand make every single lineup. I fine tune them. I'm tinkering with them throughout the day uh, until I get something that I like. And listen, I, I remain profitable every single season and I do pretty well for myself in DFS, but it's doing it the way that I feel comfortable and the way that I've seen success. And I used to be that guy early on in my career where I would just try to you know, put seven or eight lineups for $15 in that contest. Yeah, one or two of them might hit. But unless you hit the nuts, it's very hard for you to, you know, consistently make money doing it that way. So, you know, take advantage of what's best for you. And that's the one thing I just wanted to throw in there, Harris. I didn't mean to kind of just cut you off right then and there. And, you know, maybe you might have something to add or a different thought up, uh, thought process on this. But that's just one tip I always like to give, you know, people that may be new into this. And, you know, if, you, if you're making one lineup, do a single entry. You know, always, I always put my one lineup in that $15 one. Don't get me wrong. But I, I play a lot of the single entries. I'll play the 20 entry maxes. I'll do the three entry maxes. That's that's the way I build personally. Yeah. And I'll be honest on my end. I actually prefer a lot of these single entry ones sometimes because one, in my mind, it gives you a little bit more of a fudge factor on the lineup itself because, you know, there's guys that you obviously uh, like and want to be able to put in. But, you know, when you have yourself going up against those people who have put up those optimizers and they have those trains of lineups going through, it's it's hard to be able to sometimes compete against that. So I on a personal level, if I'm playing GPPs, I much prefer those ones, which is like, you know, three lineup maxes, five, even 20 fine. I can think about it because in my mind, much like you said, I have foundational pieces that I go with. And then from there, it's about having a little bit of variability on two to three. But honestly, I would say five out of my eight guys in most lineups are, you know, where I'm considered like, all right, 80 to 90% exposure is like, yes, I, I believe in these guys to be the basis of my lineup tonight. And then I'll tinker around with the rest to see you know, what actually ends up working out. But uh, yeah, I'm not much of those put up a hundred different lineups and hope that one hits because it's just not been a profitable strategy for me either. And that's uh, the point of this show is to make people profitable, uh, whatever way we can do it, whether it is our picks or our strategy. And now we will move on to everybody's favorite part of the show, which most people probably just fast forward to it here, uh, is the player tier segment, my friend. Let's take Kevin Durant off the board. Uh, let's just do that for everybody, just so we don't. No one has that free pass. Expensive tier. Who are you looking at? 
fair enough. And yeah, taking uh, taking Kevin Durant out of it, and also, you know, I don't like Embiid on a back-to-back. I'm actually going to go ahead and say that uh, Cade at 8600 is my favorite as far as the expensive tier is concerned. I just feel like he's got uh, the keys to the offense completely. He just... Yeah, I, I like watching rookies in general and seeing especially the cream of the crop. And I really like Cade's game. And he just gets more and more confident with every game out there. I mean, his three-point stroke is looking exceedingly better than it was earlier in the season. It, again, it's just about confidence. He's getting close to 20 shots a game. And I actually expect this game to not be as you know completely blowout as far as the uh, spread's concerned, even though it does say 10. Otherwise, Indiana is coming on a back-to-back. I do believe that Cade has the capability to be able to take advantage of some of the guards that are there on the Indiana side, not the most uh, defensively astute as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, he's my guy as far as the expensive tier is concerned. You gotta make me go break out a dictionary and look up what astute means. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the I love the word drop. I'll go Randall. Uh, some guy that we both says interested. We were both interested. I think people, if they've been listening to this whole show, they already know that those were the two guys that I was glad you didn't pick Randall because you're probably a little higher on Cade than me. Uh, so that would have really made me like throwing me through a loop because, it, it, frankly, for me it goes you know Durant, Randall, drop off. And again, I do think Cade is very, very much at play. I will have maybe one or two shares of him. Uh, but 8600 is a tall price tag to pay. And like, like I said, I'm really hoping we get that Embiid news. And all of a sudden, my lineup just builds itself with the way I said earlier. So we'll go to that mid-tier range. Who are you looking at? 7900 or less. Yeah. And I said the mid-tier is a bit, uh, a bit more difficult over here. Uh, but to me, it's going to come down to... Sangoon. Sangoon at 5,500. Yeah, it just had to be. Fine. Let me be a little bit more <laughs> no, interesting then. No, I'm no, no, say no, 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 no. I think saying, I'm a big Sangoon guy, and I love it. I just, I in my head, I try to predict who you're going to say, just as we go throughout the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, I'm hoping I go three for three and I get my value play now uh, that I think you're going to pick as well. That's part of doing the show together. You got to know who your, uh, co- who your co-host is. And, you know, I, I think I know you pretty well after we've done so many shows together. I like it. No, it's it means that the thinking is aligned and hopefully it comes across to people making their lineups and making their money with it. But yes, yeah, Sangoon has just been, apart from a guy that I'm super high on, he's finally getting more of those opportunities that you see. And Christian Wood uh, being out, and it's more than likely uh, that he'll also be out for the uh, matchup against the Knicks. So it's just, you know, Sangoon City, he'll get the opportunities. Uh, he's shown just having the stat line to be able to do it across the board in so many different ways. So at 5,500, I think he has the ceiling to be able to get into the mid, mid-30s to low-40s. So to me, he's an absolute smash at that price. All right. Well, I'm going to give a caveat because mine would be Drummond if we see that uh, Embiid sits at 7K. I just think he would be a stone-cold lock for me. And hopefully get him at like 30% ownership. That would be fantastic. But outside of him, I'd probably lean with a guy like Tate at 65 uh, very interested in him. He's probably going to have to be like the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, center uh, for this entire team. And I think at 6,500, it's a good GPP play simply because that price tag might scare a few people off. But I still think he's a rock-solid option. And listen, there were so many ways we could have went there. I'm doing my best to try to avoid some of these Brooklyn guys outside of where we get the value. I'm pretty sure that we'll both probably throw a Brooklyn guy in there uh, just because it's it's giving the plays that aren't, I guess, what people already know. You know what I mean? Like, we it's, we don't need mo- no one to tell you that playing all these Brooklyn guys is a good way to go. I could have went Patty Mills, but I think Tate would be the option that might go a little lower owned, I guess, uh, compared to some of these other people. So there we go. And then we're into the value tier. 5K or less? Yeah, and it's, it's really hard to be able to get past all of these Brooklyn guys that are there and could probably put your 
hand to your eyes to go ahead and pick. But I think that Kessler Edwards is my favorite out of all of those. Just apart from the fact that uh, he played the minutes and just from watching him beat up on my Raptors and getting to see all the uh, options that they're going with, he seems the most useful as far as the three-point line is concerned on a team that outside of Patty Mills and Durant really need their shooters to get going. And he has that small forward eligibility, which is always a position that's tough to be able to fill out otherwise, as far as I'm concerned. So to have a guy that I can slot in there for 4,000, who in my mind should be a lock for at least 6x as far as his value is concerned, that's pretty good as far as, uh, as far as your value tiers goes. And I will not stray too far and go with David Duke Jr. I think both those guys are very much in play. Uh, what we saw in that last game was it, they just didn't run a typical rotation. You know, they played Durant at the four a good amount, and that frees up positions for both of these guys. Where you know it, it's not like there's only one small forward and one shooting guard position that's available. Uh, these guys are going to have plenty of minutes. Both of them, I think, are both fine options. So pick your poison. If you want to play both of them, you probably could. If you only wanted to play one with one, uh, one of them, pick your poison. I think they're they're both excellent plays. What I saw from David Duke that made me like him slightly more uh, is just his assertiveness and the fact that he was just chipping in so many different ways uh, defensively and had a poor shooting stroke where if he knocked down two or three of those shots, we're probably looking at like oh, closer to a 50 TK point game all of a sudden. But both of them, fine options. And that brings us home. Now on to the next section, our Thrive Fantasy section. We don't have a lot of props, it feels like, to choose from on tonight's game. So we'll only go with one each, and I'll let you start. Fair enough. And yeah, just looking through uh, looking through a bunch of these beforehand, I think the Blake Griffin one is probably the most of interest to me at 14.5 uh, points plus rebounds. I believe you'll hit the over on that. That's a cool 100 points to be able to go and do it. And I'm actually surprised that it's actually just 100 on each side because given... The injuries, the lack of everyone, and how much they'll need them, they you should be able to absolutely smash that. I don't disagree. That was that was the other one I was looking at, and then I had one other one, which was the DeAndre eight and thirty point five total with points, rebounds, and assists. I'll take the under on that one, despite him coming off of a massive game. Uh, we've seen DeAndre eight and just have those you know thirteen and nine, thirteen and twelve type games. Not much of an assist getter, so you're really banking on those points and those rebounds for him to hit that total. He may just come out with one or two assists in general. So I think taking the under on 30.5 is a cool 100-100 bet. And either way you look at it, good good foundation with those two picks, I think. And that is it, my friend. Uh, give us a follow. That's where we'll go next. On Twitter, at Micapatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Harris, you know what to do, my friend. Absolutely. As always, at H-A-K underscore devil, where since I'm likely going to be sitting at home for a lot longer as far as these Raptor games are concerned, you're going to get a lot more of my board takes about how we should uh, hurry up and ship Boucher off and uh, maybe get Miles Turner on the Raptors, please. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think everybody wants Miles Turner. <laughs> and then go give us a thumbs up, a five-star rate and review wherever you listen. We saw a couple of more creep in there. and it does mean a lot. If you listen to us daily or it's your first time listening, let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear differently, how we might be able to change. It could be anything. It could be anything, and we take it to heart because we're just trying to provide the best product, make you guys profitable, go out there, have a good time, be entertaining. It's always a factor. It's always a factor. Uh, so let us know what you want to do. If you want to hear me make fun of Harris a little bit more, we'll do that. If you want to hear Harris make fun of me, uh, I will let that happen as well. It's it's all love and games over here. Good guy over there on the other side of the podcast. So it's always fun to do the shows with you, my friend. But 
That is all we have for you guys. Don't forget the promo code at Thrive Fantasy. Use it. It's Ethos, 100% deposit match. We will be back tomorrow. It'll be Santino. It'll be Dave Bancroft breaking down that wonderful Friday slate for you guys. Let's go out there. Let's have some fun. Let's take down some tournaments.